Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Amen. Can you hear me good? Can you hear me good? All right. It's, it's good to be back in church, and um, it's such an honor and a privilege to be up here to, to give you guys the word today. Um, I'm Van, if you don't know my, uh, know my uh, name. And um, I'm just one of the many awesome leaders here at Life in the Sun. So uh, we're going to continue in our uh, Gospel Explain series where we just unpack uh, the book of Romans. See, uh, Romans is just so rich with so much good word. And uh, we're going to be looking especially at joy and faith, okay? But I want to uh, open up with a little uh, activity, okay? It's going to wake us up a little bit, okay? How, how many of us know the, the song, Joy, 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 Down in My Heart? You know that, you know that song? So we're going to have a little sing-along, okay? I'm going to start the song off, and when I say where, you say, down in my heart, okay? We got it? All right. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Where? I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Tuesday. Amen. Give yourself a hand. All right. So the author of that song, his name is George William Cook. I mean, I've, I've sung that song, but I never ever thought to uh, think about who, who, who wrote the song. Uh, George William Cook, he was a, a Methodist minister. Um, he was a part of a group called the Gospel Crusaders. He also ran a camp called uh, Del Marva, a Del Marva camp. And they would put on gospel meetings and they would put on revival meetings, you know. And did, would you, did you ever wonder why he said, down in my heart? He says, down in my heart. And I believe we find that in Romans 10.9, okay? And that says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, but believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I believe that Mr. Cook, down deep in his heart, he had faith in what Jesus Christ did, and that gave him joy. And that's why he wrote that song. See, when we hear someone sing that song or when we hear that song, uh, we think of joy. I mean, it's the most repeated word in the song. And, it, and it's a happy song. It makes us feel happy, right? We get joyous when we sing it. But what, what we don't tend to think about is there's some people that when they hear that song, they might have a different reaction than most. They, may, uh, they might start thinking about how bad things are in their life, how unhappy they are, how if they were to make a list of the emotions that they most commonly experience, joy would be at the very bottom of that list. The truth is, living in joy all the time, it's a hard thing to do. It's hard. 
You know, the world expects Christians to be happy all the time. You follow Jesus, right? Why are you happy? Why are you smiling and pay less? Why are you happy? But I think that's a false expectation because we're humans too. We grieve. We feel pain too. We wrestle with emotions from time to time. But those times when we're dealing with those things, they should never, ever overshadow the joy we have in the Lord. So we're going to look at Scripture today in Romans 5, and I believe it's going to give us some insight to that. But before we get there, let's pray. Lord Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you that we're going to dig deep in your word. We're going to see how you can empower us through your Holy Spirit to live this life full of joy. In Jesus' name, amen. So Romans 5, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, thank you, God, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who was especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. See, all these th good things are based in faith. So in light of that, faith is the foundation of our joy. See, faith is our heart agreeing or confirming with what we already know up here in our minds. See, there's a connection made between the heart and the mind with, with a clarity, with a certainty, with a conviction. And you know, our, our heart has this ability, this power to drive doubt away. But our mind, on the other hand, if we tend to think too much, overthink things, if we tend to rely on human logic too much, that can allow doubt to creep in. And if we keep doing that, that can allow doubt to find a cozy space to live. 
And sometimes we can end up like this. Life is super tough when you can't pick up the book you want because you're sitting on it. So as you can see, this little baby wants to read a book, but can't pick it up. Obviously, he's sitting on it. We can be like that sometimes. You know, God can give us something to do. He calls us to step out in faith. But, you know, we end up sitting on it because we begin to think too much. Now, there must be some wisdom, and we get that from the Word of God, but when we start to think too much, when we start to rationalize things, when we start to give in to fear, all of a sudden, before you know it, we're not even doing what He's called us to do. And then we end up disgruntled and sad and unhappy and crying like, oh, Lord, forgive me. I didn't do what you wanted me to do. And we find ourselves outside the will of God for a moment in our life, and that's not a happy place. See, that's one of the best places we could be in the middle of His will. There's so much joy found there. There's, there's no place like it. But we want to kick doubt out, right? We don't want doubt to come in and, and live in our minds. That's why it's so important to have faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross and all the promises He said in His Word. So faith in Jesus is the very gateway to a life of joy. And we're just going to revisit these uh, verses. Uh, in verses 1 and 2, we have been made right in God's sight by faith. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. See, since God the Father sees our faith now, we're justified by it. There's no more hostility between us and Him. Now that we believe and we trust in Christ, when everything's said and done, we're forgiven. We don't have to worry about the wrath of God because He has abolished all our sin through Jesus Christ. And because of that, we move into this place of favor. We have favor from God, the children of God. We have His protection, His provision, amongst many other things quoted in the Bible. And we get all that through being justified by believing in Jesus Christ. That's something to be joyful about. Verses, uh, verses 8 and 9, But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we, while we were uh, still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. God is so good because He loved us before we were right, not after. He didn't say, you got to check all these things off before I certify you, before I finally abolish and cover your sin. He said, no, I love you so much that let me take care of the sin part and then you can come to me and we can work on things later as we grow together, as we walk together. 
That is something to, to be joyful about. Verses uh, 10 and 11. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Not only did Jesus make us right in God's sight, he restored the friendship too. You know, I'm so glad that um, it, I mean, it would have been messed up if the only chance we had to be friends with God was 2,000 years ago when Jesus was on the earth. See, Jesus was God in God in the flesh, right? And we know through the Bible he, he made friends along the way. The 12 disciples was his friends. But I believe that was just a foreshadow of what was to come. The, the full res restoration of our relationship with the Father, just like it was in the garden. Our sin moved out the way because of what he did. See, Jesus has done so much for us. And it's easy to live in joy when things are fine. Let me just get real for one second. It's easy to say God is good when things are good. But what if things aren't good? Can we dig down and really say that? Can we really say God is good all the time? Like I said before, it's hard to live in joy at all times. But is it impossible? I believe not. I want to tell you a little story that happens in Acts 16. And the stars, and the main characters of this story is Paul and Silas. So Paul and Silas are in Philippi, and they're on their, one of their missionary trips, and they're walking around. And then there's this slave girl, and she happens to have a spirit of divination, which allows her to tell the future. So she was a fortune teller. So a few days they're in Philippi, they're going around, and she's behind them saying, look, look at these men. They're servants of the Most High God. And they've come to tell you the way to salvation. So, I mean, if without context, you would think that she's praising them. But in all reali reality, she was just being annoying. She was actually mocking them. So Paul finally gets fed up with it. And he turns around and he rebukes the spirit, and it comes out like that. So all of a sudden, this fortune teller cannot tell fortunes anymore. And because she's a slave... The masters find out, and, and now they're mad because their money's gone. You know? Their money is gone. So they take Paul and Silas before the city officials in the marketplace, and they begin to tell them, like, these guys are making trouble. They're, they're, they're teaching people customs that go against Rome. So in, in layman's terms, they're teaching us how to break the law. And because of this, there's a mob that kind of forms, and 
Uh, we find this in uh, verse 22. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with rod, wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. Drop down to verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. This is after being beaten and stripped in front of people. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner, prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prisoners' doors uh, wide open. He assumed all the prisoners had escaped, so he, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop. Don't kill yourself. We are all here. I don't know about you, but I think I would have ran. Because when that earthquake shook, all the shackles came off. They weren't bound anymore. That's like what God does with our lives sometimes. He comes in and he shakes things up when he saves us, and all the shackles fall off, and now we're free. So, and, and, and then later on, as you, if you want to go and read it, it led to the jailer and his whole household being saved. They were baptized and everything. And they're only shining a light on the jailer, but I truly do believe some of those prisoners saw, saw the power of God and they began to believe in Jesus Christ. And this confirms what it says here in verses 3 and 4 of our text today. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. That's what Paul and Silas was doing. Praising God after they've been beaten. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. See, when we choose to keep our eyes on Christ during trials, during the hard times, he will allow us to see the good and it will keep us ready and willing to do his work. If Paul and Silas was moping around, they wouldn't have been able to, to foster that miracle that happened. They wouldn't have been ready to do the work and will of God. So what am I hoping for you today, church? Have joy. Have joy. Be joy. Be joy. Because some of you are joy to those around you. When you're going through hard times and you put your faith and trust in God and you're showing that through him nothing can weigh you down. You show them the very power of God. You show him in your life. Not only that, there's actually uh, healthy benefits. Promotes a healthier lifestyle, boosts immune system, fights stress and pain, and supports longevity. When you have true joy in tough times, you sh you're showing that you're trusting in Christ. Again, I'm not saying that we never grieve or, or deal with pain, 
But pain and hardship should never dictate how we live our life. If we stay, if we remain in a place where joy is absent, unfortunately, we're showing that our faith is not where it needs to be. And I also want to be sensitive here because I know people deal with depression. It's a, it's a very real struggle for some people. So I want to be sensitive here and say it's not as easy as just switching. Because, you know, the, the world can be so dark at times because Satan is a very good liar. He's the father of lies. And sometimes if we allow these lies to dominate our thinking, we give the devil the ability to, or the power to control us and shape the way we look at life and shape our mood. But I'm telling you today, church, that you no longer have to believe any of his lies. They're lies. I'll say that again. They're lies. Opposite of truth. And Romans 8.32 says, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So when our faith is firmly rooted in Christ and what he did, we will experience true joy, and it will allow us to see the good in every trial, in every valley. And we'll see the peak from every valley and the truth in every situation. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your joy. That we get strength from, from your joy. And I just want to I want to pray for those people who are dealing with any type of depression right now. If this season has caused you to feel any sorts of depression, if this season has caused you to live a life that doesn't have joy, I want to pray for you right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come move in this place. Anybody dealing with this right now, I pray that you would touch me right now, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray by your power that you will break every lie of the enemy, every lie that has been told on them since they were birthed on this earth. In Jesus' name, I command the spirit of depression to leave. I command you to leave. You should know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Have joy. Be joy, because Christ loves you, because Christ has covered you with his precious blood and you've been justified by believing in him. And I also want to pray for those who have been listening to this message and 
you may not be in a spot where you actually have a relationship with God. Where you actually don't believe in Him yet. Where you haven't surrendered your life to Him yet. If there's anyone in here like that today, would you just simply look at me and raise your hand and we'll pray in a moment. Anyone like that today in here? to pray and give their life to the Lord. Anyone? Okay, let's pray. Lord, Father, I thank you for today, this morning. I just ask, Lord, Father, that you would protect every soul in here. That you would do a work, a mighty work by your Holy Spirit. And that we go forth today in joy, no matter what circumstance we're living through. That we would look to you and keep our eyes on you. And live in hope and live in your power. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.